Good morning, God's wonderful people. It's a great day. Another day to give God thanks for His goodness, His love, and His mercy. Another day to bless His name and magnify Him. It's a day we have in which we can show forth God as the mighty warrior that He is. He's the one who gives us victory amidst every circumstance, amidst everything we face. We have that victory. Today we can all boast about Him, boast about His goodness in our lives. And we can all make a commitment to be His voice in this earth and to go wherever he sends us. We continue our look into Ephesians chapter 6 and we continue today to talk about our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. As has been our format in looking at these different armor pieces, we look at each of them in three parts. We first look at the vehicle of the metaphor, then we look at the tenor of the metaphor then we do a review of the entire concept and this morning is that part three of that third piece of the armor we have looked at truth we have looked at righteousness and we are now looking at sharing the gospel message which is our third piece of the armor of god in this study we have gone through several things and we have looked at the identity of the enemy learning to identify our enemy because we must know who we are fighting against and in the second part we're looking at engaging the enemy in this second portion of our study in which we are looking at engaging the enemy we are looking at each of the armor pieces and analyzing each of them to identify what they are and how to put them on and we have seen Already how to put on truth, we have seen how to put on righteousness, and we are now looking at sharing the gospel message, the gospel of peace. We have looked at the word shod in light of how it's used in this text of Ephesians 6, and we have seen where in the text it says that we should have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That word shod, we have looked at it. And we have said that the word simply means to bind under, that is to put on shoes. Now, that is as straightforward as it gets. So having our feet shod is the vehicle of the metaphor Paul uses here. And the metaphor he uses is having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, we have looked at and we said that when a soldier have on their shoes, it means they are ready to go. It means they are now ready to go. Because having on the shoes is what gives you the ability to go wherever. Because the terrain would not be a deterrent to you because you now have on shoes to take on the challenge of moving across the different terrain and the various terrains that they may be. And so we have seen that having on the shoes speaks to a preparedness, a readiness of the soldier. And in the same way, Paul uses that context to bring it over into the spiritual armor that we wear, the armor of God. And he says, preparation of the gospel of peace. It means you must be ready to share that gospel of peace. And so the question will arise for us, are we ready to share that gospel message? Are we ready to share that gospel message, that message of peace? As we look at this, I don't know what comes to mind. 
but we must have in the back of our mind this one concept. You see, earth is supposed to be colonized by heaven. In other words, earth is supposed to be a colony of heaven. That's God's intention. And God placed man here to have dominion upon the earth. But man was supposed to colonize earth, fill earth with the righteousness of God. Let's understand this here, friends. That God's entire intention is to fill the earth with his righteousness. To fill the earth with his culture, with his way of life. And that has been God's intention from the beginning of time. He said to Adam, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Fill the earth. So God's intention from the beginning of time is that his righteousness would fill the earth. For his kingdom to be established here on earth. The prayer that Jesus prayed in teaching his disciples how to pray. And part of that prayer, he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that part of the prayer is praying for God's kingdom to come on earth, for God's will to be done here just as though it is being done in heaven. Therefore, we must understand that in order for God's kingdom to come here on earth, in order for God's kingdom to be established here, God's kingdom must be established first and foremost in our lives. In order for God to rule here on earth, God first and foremost must be ruling in our lives. And part of that ruling is that we must be individual that takes the gospel message to the world. God must reign in our lives before we can rule and reign on earth. That is as simple as it gets. Is God reigning and ruling in your life? Is God exercising dominion over your life? Because I know sometimes we think about God in terms of the fact that God is all-powerful and he's all-knowing. So if he's all-knowing and all-powerful, he can literally fix everything in my life without me asking. Now that is you asking God to go against one of his very fundamental parts of creation. One of the fundamental aspects of creation that when God created man, God says, let them have dominion. That alone tells me that God intends for me to exercise autonomy. God intends for man to be a functional being that has a mind of its own and makes decisions of its own. God intended to make man with his own freedom to choose. God created us with that freedom to choose. And therefore, God did not want a robot. God wanted a being that would choose, make choices. And when that being choose to worship him, when that being choose to love him, it has more value and meaning. To create a being that functions the way you want it because you have programmed it that way and it can't do anything else, that's a robot. That would be a robot. And it means that you will not have any connection to that robot that is meaningful. It's only that you've created it. The expressions of a being that you create that has its freedom to choose, when that being expresses love towards you, it comes with a greater degree of appreciation. You, it will make you ride the clothes. Because what you create now expresses love towards you. But if that being you create has no possibility of expressing love, then it won't create that sense of um, appreciation and feeling loved. 
because that's what you created it to do. Man create car to drive. If the car drives, that's nothing. As much as the car does what you created it to do, you feel pleased that it's doing it. You feel good because your creation is working. But that sense of being loved, that feeling of being loved, you'll never experience that from a car. But God didn't create a robot nor a car. He created man. And because of that, it is his intention that man should express love towards him. Therefore, because God's entire mission is to fill this earth with his righteousness, to fill this earth with his kingdom principles and his kingdom life, he wants to fill this earth with his kingdom culture. Because that is God's mission. It means that God has now given us that job of taking this message to the world. I am saying here to us today, friends, if we are not taking that message across the world, if we are not taking this gospel message to the man who is living beside us or the woman who is living beside us or the man or the woman who is next to us, if we're not taking that gospel message to the people around us, we are failing at this job. It means you don't have on any shoes. You're a soldier without shoes. And a soldier without shoes is in a dire predicament. He's a dead soldier. Because the problem is, he will not be able to move as he should or need to. If you observe a soldier's shoes, it's not the normal shoes that everybody wear. It's made specifically for the soldier to be able to go through various terrains. And the tip of his shoes also has a metal in it that anything that falls on his shoes will not prevent him from continuing to move because that metal will protect his toes. Because your ability to stand is dependent on the toes you have. If you have no toes, that's going to affect your ability to stand. Your ability to stand and to balance and to move is right there in your toes. It's in your toes. So that metal thing protects the toes, which further enhances the ability to stand and move. Same way, friends. In us taking the gospel message across the world, we ought to understand that we must be able to move. We must be able to do what we ought to do. We must have a commitment to this task. Church should exist to educate individuals and to grow them to the level where they can now go. The church building is supposed to be a classroom. I'm not talking about the church as the people of God. I'm talking about the church as the building, as an organization. It is supposed to be a classroom that teaches and trains individuals to go and make disciples. It's to disciple individuals so that they can in turn disciple others. So it's a trained discipler. So the church is a building or a place where disciples are trained, where disciples are trained. You're training them to make disciples because that's the job that Christ has given us, to make disciples. So I must train you how to make a disciple. And so you go and train somebody else how to make a disciple. And in so doing, we'll be able to disciple this world. Discipling someone is not about just sharing a message verbally. Discipling someone is all about training. It reminds me of how a soldier is trained. Now, some armies train their soldiers for six months, some for as long as nine months, some for four months. Now, it doesn't matter how long they train him for. The bottom line here is this, that these armies, they take a young man 
and they train him for four months, or for six months, or for nine months. And when they train these young men, after this period of time, these young men become somebody else, totally transformed. Now, if the army can train somebody in four months or six months, if the army can train a young man to be somebody that he was not before in six months' time, I mean, what more us? The job is possible. You don't need 10 years for somebody's life to be transformed, especially when they're working at spiritual things. You don't need 10 years. A life can be transformed in six months' time, in three months' time, in four months' time, if the principles are applied in order to make a disciple. Making a disciple is like what the army does. It's training, rigorous training, putting these young men through rigors, putting them through situations and circumstances that get them fitted and ready for the job. That's what we need to be doing. In the army, they break down these young men and then they build them up. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Pulling down these strongholds in their lives, these mental blockages and these things that would retard them. Pull them down, strip them off them and then build them back the way that they're supposed to be. It is a messy affair. It's a messy affair. Being trained in the army is messy. People get hurt. People die. People get injured. But it's all a part of the development. So understand this. In this business of the church, where Christ has sent us on a mission, we have that same job of bringing people in, going out there, affecting lives. And when they come to the building called the church, they are supposed to be trained in being a discipler. Which means we have to work with them in stripping off the different things that would be hindrances to their development and tearing down all the strongholds in their lives and then rebuilding them and shaping them to what God would call them to be. In the process, we may get hurt. We will get affected by the whole ordeal. But the bottom line is I'm sticking with this because he must become what God called him to be. I'm willing to get dirty with him. I'm willing to get in a mess with him because he must become what God called him to be. But the bottom line here, friends, we are supposed to be a going people. We are supposed to be going to the nations to take God's message. We are supposed to be impacting people's lives, the lives around us. We are supposed to be touching life, transforming lives. And if that's not happening, we must rethink our job here. We must rethink what we're doing. What is it that God has called you to do? To go to the nations, to go to the people around you and to take that gospel message to them and to touch their lives, transform their lives. Let's pray. Father, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. It is by you that we exist. It's by you that we live. It's by you that we have our being. Today, as we commit our lives into your hands, Father, I pray, Father, that you will cause that our lives will become an outflow of your goodness and your mercy. That as, Lord, you use us as your instrument in this earth, in touching the lives that are around us, may your name be glorified through our lives. I pray, God, today that you'll continue to strengthen our hands, that, Lord, we'll take on the task with boldness, with your strength, so that your kingdom can be established on this earth. Our prayer, God, is that your kingdom come here on earth, that your will be done here on earth as it is being done in heaven. So God, may your will be done here as well. 
And so in so praying, Father, I surrender my life to you for your will to be done in my life. Let your will be done in our lives, Father. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day now, my friends. And do remember that God loves you. And I do too.